Welcome to Sage Prosperity Partners. I'm Lisa Brazelton. With me, I have my dear friend, Moritz van Sambeck from the Netherlands. Hi there. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me on this episode today. I always enjoy having our conversations and thrilled that we can share this with the world. Yeah, we always manage to touch upon uh, dialogue topics that we could reflect on. So I'm looking forward to what will come of our conversation today. This is wonderful. Moritz is an amazing writer, philosopher, and coach. And our podcast today actually is on not only some pretty deep thoughts that we've had and talking about self-mastery and talking about some ways in which we as thought leaders have had some incredibly painful experiences getting to where we are today. So I think a lot of what we're going to talk about today is some of the ways in which other thought leaders can find painless quicker, accelerated ways of getting their unique voice out in the world. Yeah, I think it's a great uh, start of this episode to learn more about our own background story a little bit, because you have quite an amazing track record, and you are very experienced in bringing thought leadership to the executive world. So yeah, I look forward to talk a bit more about that. Let's talk about thought leadership. I was thinking about our conversation yesterday, and... How did we get here from where we have been? What are some of the things that I have overcome to be in this space right now? I've been really thinking about that last night and this morning and in my yoga practice. How did I get here in this moment that I have been able to meet you? You bring the mastery of the program. I bring the mastery of the platform and we grow. Exactly, yeah. And this whole notion we were talking about yesterday of, you know, like, what were the pain points? You know, what are some of people's pain points? I think you and I can relate to very similar pain points of how do we go from where we were to where we are today? And what can we offer to people that can really relate to where we've been? I'm a huge fan of finding shortcuts. <laughs> if I can find a shortcut, I will go there. I will find a quicker way. It's like when I studied Chinese medicine and my one of my teachers, master teachers said the needle is a placebo. I thought, okay, I have to stop this and go directly to how to heal through energy because that's a more direct path. And I love that we're able to take all of these complexities and bring them into a really simple solution. And it's been through trial and error. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our own journey that we've gotten here. The road you traveled, you talked about that you were very feared in the corporate world. Yes. Then moved into the spiritual realms and the energy healing modalities. And you found a way to align it and combine it with newfound insights and newly honed skills. Is that what brought you on the path of thought leadership? That thought leadership for you is self-mastery in regards to directing thoughts into a leadership role? So it's really interesting. It's a really interesting question. I feel like for most of my life, I was living a dual life. 
because I always had the ability to think ahead and come up with through contemplation, through maybe information that was sent through me, that I had a very deep spiritual side. But living this dualistic life of being a business entrepreneur, executive, and then having the spiritual side, what I hoped to do, and it happened in a very fascinating way, but what I always wanted to do is try to bridge that gap. And now I understand what needed to happen in order for me to really live the life of thought leader and spirit. And it came out of having to really let go of the corporate world because I still have all the business acumen. I didn't lose any of that. But what I'm leading with right now is what I feel is the most important thing. And I think that this is really where ancient wisdom comes in. The key for me was to surrender, you know, mm-hmm. it was to surrender and understand where programs and conditioning of the old ways, it didn't feel good. And I think life is meant to feel good all the time. Yes. It's a strange thought, as if we have to suffer to conquer or to uh, accomplish something that's installed. In a way, there are obstacles when you want to grow. A famous example of a child that wants to learn how to walk, they fall down and they have to get up. They fall down, they open a bit of skin on their knee, they cry and they get taken care of and they start walking again. It's nature to keep on going, to keep on walking, uh, whatever bumps or hits someone makes. From a famous sage, when we are not becoming like children, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven, something like that, he said. I think it's like becoming like children in the tenacity and resolve to grow, to get what we want by going for it without putting up all kinds of own-made obstacles, but indeed surrender to the process of learning and growing, keep doing it anyway, falling down, getting up again. But we tend to lose that when we get older by the programs and conditionings of upbringing, old paradigms, society as a whole, educational systems, corporate demands, marketing techniques. All those things. I really resonate with what you say about surrendering in that respect, that at a certain point you surrender all those layers of conditioning and take on the leadership of your own life again, like what a child does when the child sees something and wants to grab. They crawl to it, they stand up, walk, they fall, but they keep the objective in mind. Whatever that objective is, they are not in the same way consciously aware of it as we now uh, set goals and say we have to hit that kind of target, which is uh, very common sense in in corporate settings. Uh, This many sales, this many clients, this many percentage growth rates. It all has its place, of course, not to diminish the importance of those things, but the way we approach it, the way we move forward to accomplish or reach those results. And there is the secret of joy and happiness. When it's done as the child who wants to accomplish it, the pleasure of learning new things, then it becomes a flow. Would you consider that to be what mastery, like self-mastery really is? Yes, that's what I learned that is most valuable. 
even the most daunting tasks can be done with a calmness, a peace inside, with a light smile. And it is actually done before you are even aware of doing it. And there are all kinds of clever techniques to get yourself in a specific state like that when you're not in it. But I think the real self-mastery is to be back aware that you're always in that state. Mm. And when you don't feel like it, that's because some pattern or programming or conditioning is getting in the way of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, self-mastery is something that I've always found to be a fascinating subject, so much so that I'm writing a book about it. And I think that self-mastery is really about knowing thyself. And I think that that knowing thyself is this intricate weave of purpose, of service, of connection at the deepest level through contemplation and concentration and compassion. Mm -hmm. We're not taught how to know thyself. On some level, going back to your example of a child, sometimes feel that children know thyself more than adults. We unlearn who we are. And at the same time, paradoxically, they are also just children are learning who they are separate individually as a soul. And I feel like understanding who we are can really unlock this holistic being, which is truly who we are. And so it goes a lot deeper. And again, kind of coming back to the question that you originally asked me, like, how did you go from business corporate into this you know, spiritual path. And I understand through some really difficult, challenging times, decisions that I made that were not in alignment with my intuition. Mm -hmm. I had a big fall, but that also helped me understand myself more to really master the mind and to uncover knowing thyself in a much more intricate, intimate way. And I think that that's really what thought leader is. Thought leader is maybe understanding a subject or having an opinion about something and becoming an expert. But I feel that it is notwithstanding the importance of having the ability to, again, contemplate, concentrate. And that process of knowing thyself is what I think a true thought leader is. What do you think about that? I think you hit a very important point there because a lot of professions have is that uh, someone becomes an expert on a topic in a specific niche market or a field of expertise. They know all about it and they always want to be right about it. But then other people who study the topic very deeply as well, they also feel they are right about it. So that could grow into very fierce discussions. Um, people almost try to attack each other or even worse on a larger scale what you saw in the 20th century all kinds of global conflicts around ideologies where do those ideologies come from it comes from an ideal an ideal is an idea you've fallen in love with so when it are different ideas that people fall in love with they find all kinds of argumentations 
to support that. And then it becomes an ideology and they want to have people on board. When we take it all back, we talked about patterns, about uh, conditionings, about uh, paradigms. What a thought leader then, in my opinion, does is indeed getting on board with themselves again, knowing themselves, and then they understand, oh, actually, I don't like to be in strife, struggle, war, conflict, hate, fighting. Some people think they like it because there's some kind of powerful frenetic energy that gives a boost. But why do they do it? They do it to find a place of peace later on again, after the victory is there or after revenge is taken. And I think when a thought leader only focuses on the expertise, they indeed create a gap between who they are and the expertise. So then that becomes an externalization and an internalization. And that could create all kinds of tensions like too much focus on doing work so that people get burned out, get overworked. And other people, they let work leave aside at a certain point. They only go inside and become cavemen or soloist players in an apartment somewhere that nobody looks at anymore or in a deserted suburb or somewhere. And that causes all kinds of problems which we see every day. And I think a thought leader could be the person who brings those perceived separate worlds back together from a deeper understanding. Thought leaders have, in my opinion, this role of understanding because they can grasp larger concepts. They can grasp coherence between concepts. They can build connections. They go even beyond building bridges because their understanding comes from a holistic paradigm. I think all thought leaders are there yet. As explained before, some are solist players, some are internalizing their thought and not going out into the world with what they learned. But they are intuitively more aware already about the deep connection of everything with everything. Because the thought field where thoughts come from is a shared field. That's why we can communicate. That's why we can explain things to each other and have a notion of understanding. A true thought leader can grow. So when they know themselves, they understand that leading with their thought means not separating, but connecting concepts, people, structures, systems. And themselves. And themselves, exactly. Yeah, which is this whole incredible new paradigm that we are launching, which is helping thought leaders really understand the power of knowing themselves uh, through self-mastery. Yeah, yeah, that's what we are working on. I want to help them with if they want some support or guidance, because deeper understanding teaches that the worlds are not separated at all by sharing thoughts. We open up communication. By opening up communication, we bring down barriers and we bring people together again. We bring concepts together again in business and personal life as a oneness again. And I think that's what our program facilitates, helping thought leaders to do that. That's great. Thank you so much for that. It's amazing. Amazing amalgamy of your thoughts together. Thank you. Let's continue our talk another time. I hope our listeners 
enjoyed this conversation. So they come back. Yes, absolutely. And we can dive deeper in uh, topics. People can post their questions so we can address that as well. Oh, we would love that. That would be very, very powerful. Yes, yes. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.